But our nation needs a touch of God. So I want to turn back to the book of Ezekiel, the man of God. And we'll probably uh, use a little out of the book of Amos too as well. And I pray that God will help you to understand these things. I believe that men and women are going to hell tonight or today from the pulpit and the pew. I believe the pulpit and the pew is greasing the board to fill up the pits of hell. You may not agree with that. But likewise, I'm going to hold to it anyhow. Our spiritual ebb is low. I hear people talking about God. I hear people saying things against God. But I am seldom at the place where I can hear people praising God. If you find people talking about the Lord, they're talking about how that God's given them a bad deal. God's never given me a bad deal. Everything I've faced, and it's been troubles and trials, I'd say 98, 99% of that, I deserved it. I brought it on myself. I've had one of the best lives that you could ever live. I've enjoyed life to the fullest. I've had some rough times I hope I never see again. And the Lord taught me a few things, and I'm trying to avoid them. Some of you said, boy, God just been on my bad side all my life and He just says, I don't know why He don't bless me. Well, if God didn't bless me, according to what His Word tells me, I'd be getting on my knees trying to find out why God ain't blessing me. Amen. Now, I am not one of these, what to call these preachers, uh, you know, prosperity gospel preachers. I believe in staying straight with it. But this book right here will help you to be blessed or keep you from being blessed. The God in heaven can pour out heaven on you, fill your buckets up, run them over, and give you more than you can even stand. Or He can dry your buckets up and take everything you've got. God wouldn't do that. I've watched Him do it for years. I want to stay on the good side of God and I'm not running around trying my best to compromise and get God to thinking well of me. I just want to do what He tells me to do. He's the best friend I've ever had. He's my only God that I could ever trust. He's never failed me one bit. But I failed him a big bunch. My worst hours, I can't blame him for. Even at that, he's brought me through the middle of it. 
Now let's stand in Ezekiel chapter 22. In Ezekiel 22, we're going to read the same scripture I read last Sunday morning. In Ezekiel chapter 22, in verse 23, it said, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, I like it when the word of the Lord comes unto us. Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. I told you that was Israel, and the indignation is the day of wrath. We won't talk about that more today. Verse 25, there is a conspiracy of her prophets. The prophets were the preachers in the days of the Jews. They're the ones that declared the word, told what God's going to do, what God was doing, Amen. There's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof like a roaring lion, ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. If they're the preachers of them days, we've got them today doing the very same thing. Amen. We've got the preachers of the day they're going around like roaring lions and they're raving in the prey. They're getting all they can get out of the people. And they're devouring souls. And many preachers today standing in the pulpit don't care whether this congregation goes to hell or not. Amen. It says they've taken the treasure and the precious things. They have made many widows in the midst thereof. In verse 26, her priest have violated my law. And have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. No difference between the clean and the unclean. Between the holy and the profane. There are no absolutes in our day. There's nothing right and there's nothing wrong according to society. They've thrown away the word of God. The priests are the go-betweens. They are the mediators. They're the ones that are trying to do something for God in those days. And brother, they're the same as our preachers and oh, today the religious leaders of our land and so-called prayer warriors that are tra trying to help. And brother, we come to place not many are happy. Verse 27, her princes in the midst there offer like the wolves raving in the prey to shed blood and destroy souls to get dishonest gain. Is that true today? Who are the princes? The princes are the sons of the monarch, the sons of royalty. They're the rulers. They're the leaders. They're the overlords. They're the ones that are in charge. They're spiritual leaders. We've talked about three that are spiritual leaders, the prophet, the priest, and the princes. And the prophets in verse 28 have dabbed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken it. The Lord said, and when the Lord didn't say, is what they do. Then the fourth group, the Bible said, The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man 
I sought for me. Didn't say I sought for many men. I sought for a man. Just one among them that should make up the hedge and stand in a gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I believe that's what's happening today in America. God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Would you be that man? Therefore, have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. If God did it to Israel, is he capable of doing it to America? Sure, you can be seated. Let's pray. Father, give us wisdom and understanding. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us, Lord, to say what needs to be said. Lord, help us not to add our thoughts. Lord, it's not our thoughts. It's your thoughts. It's higher than ours. God, I pray that you'd speak today through us. Lord, you give us something from heaven. Lord, we didn't go down somewhere to buy this message today. I pray, God, you'd send it down from glory. We got it out of the midst of your word. I pray, God, you'd direct our heart. God, you'd give us that which we need. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to turn over to the book of Amos. I'm coming back to our text in just a minute. But I'm turning over to the book of Amos. And in chapter 8, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. And I pray that you'll either turn there with me or either listen very carefully to what it says. The Bible said in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, Behold, the days come. Behold, the days come. Amen. Saith the Lord God. This is talking about future, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing, of hearing the words of the Lord. God said, I'm going to send a famine. Do you feel like we're in a famine like that today? People are talking about food, food shortages. You can just just you. Schedule, we're going to have that. As long as we've got people in leadership that we've got today and the way the country's going, you'd wonder about it. I'm on the other side with David. I hadn't got on the other side where he's at, but I'm on the other side of his theology. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And I believe God will feed me. It may be... uh, it may be a fescue grass with Thousand Island dressing on it, but I'm going to eat. Amen. You understand? I believe God's going to take care of me. And I believe that. But God said, I'm going to send this. I'm not going to send you a famine in the land, not a famine of bread. But He said, I'm going to send a a hearing of the words of the Lord. I want you to know this, that many years ago, when I first started preaching, and it's been a while now, I'd be preaching, and the congregation would be under conviction to some extent. I preached, and while I was preaching, somebody's facial color would change. You could see conviction gripping some and they were holding to the pew. And I've even had them to get up out of their seat. 
and come running down the aisle and bow in the altar because God was dealing with them. It's been ages since I've seen that. It's been ages since I've even heard preachers tell that that happened to them when it used to. We don't have that. There's been times when I've given invitations at the end of the service and uh, preaching on sin and the Savior and the things of God and the judgment of God. And when I would preach those things, I'd see people begin to cry and weep. Ladies would do it. Men would do it. And when I give the invitation, I've seen men and women walk down the aisle and bow at the altar. And I've gone down to talk to them. And we even had four or five in the church dealing with people in the altar. You don't see that anymore. You said, we got bad preachers now. Call it what you want to. Brother, it's stretched out from the pulpit to the pew. Amen. And uh, it gets cold in the pulpit. It'll really get cold on the pew. Amen. Amen. And so what happens is I'd go down and I'd talk to them and I'd say, what's wrong? And they said, I got a cousin that needs God and they're lost. I don't want them to go to hell. Brother, I've seen ladies. I have to get the, uh, the little napkins to wipe off the mascara because their heart was broken so much that they was crying out for their cousin. They was crying out for their brothers, their sisters. They was crying out for their family members. They was crying out for somebody they worked with. And it's been a long time since I've seen church folks walk down the aisle and get in the altar and say, Preacher, I'm praying for my cousin. I'm praying for my brother. We don't have that anymore. Can I ask you something? What happened? On top of that, I was giving invitations and I watched them just every once in a while get up and I've even not even seen them walk down the aisle. I've seen them run down the aisle with their Bible in their hand, sometimes clutched up to their chest, and they run down and get in the altar. And they go down, it could be men or women. And I said, what's wrong, sir? Or what's wrong, ma'am? And she said, she'd say or he'd say, Preacher, I just come today to feel like today that I need to get closer to God. I need to get more of God and I need to become more holy than I've ever become. And I've come today that you might help me pray and get to church to prep, help me pray that I will become more holy. Amen. It's been ages. Since I heard men and women come to the altar and saying, Preacher, I want to get right and get holy. I want to get clean and closer. Can I ask you a question? What happened? Something's wrong. I'm not up here just rattling. I'm not up here this morning to Make an impression on you. If I did, I wouldn't be preaching what I'm preaching. I'm not up here to try to impress you with this or that. I'm trying to preach the Word of the living God. I told you last week, this is an alliterated sermon, if you will. You got the prophets, you got the priest, you got the princes, and you got the people. All of them start with P. I'm saying this morning, 
God's saying the problem is with the whole shooting match. From the top to the bottom. From the pulpit to the pew. Our churches have let down the standard. Now let me ask you this week. I'm trying to be careful about this. I don't know your life. I don't keep up with you. I don't watch your smart TV like smart TVs do and watch you. But I know there's a God in heaven that can help us. How many of you have sought the face of God several hours this week? God, get me where I need to be for the glory of God. You know when the light starts getting flickered in my life spiritually, when I start feeling a little bit of coldness and none concern, and when I begin to become a little slack, it bothers me. It might not bother you, but it bothers me. Some days I'm on top of the world that I could fight the devil in 15 of his cohorts and feel like I'd win. I wouldn't, but I feel like I could. And the next day I get up, and brother, I don't even want to stick my head out the door because I'm afraid he's going to knock it off. I don't believe I'm any different than the rest of you. There's sometimes I get up and I feel like praying and I start praying and it seems like heaven has somehow got a torch under it and took off. And it's blew into another dimension. And I can't touch heaven. Oh, you said, preacher, I didn't always, well, bless your little old heart. You can tell me how you do it. There's some mornings I get up and brother God is all over me. There's some days I can't hardly breathe without saying glory. Hallelujah. Praise His name. There's some days I get up saying, I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at everybody and I don't want to be around nobody today. Don't tell me I'm the only one in this building like that. If I am, we're all in real trouble. You hear me? But I realize that things happen. And God said, I'm going to sin because of your wicked ways. Every time God brought something against Israel, it was because they stepped out of line. You want to stay on the good side of God? Love His Bible. Love His church. Love His work. Love His men. Love His people. But most of everything, put the Bible up to your chest and read it. How much have you spent time this week with the Bible in your lap and said, Lord, help me to get into this Bible. And he go, He's going to tell you, well, the way you get into that Bible is for you to allow the Bible to get into you. You won't run up and down the country doing the things that you do and get more of God. There's things you have to do. All of us have to do those. I'm not fussing at you about that. I have to do them too. But I want to tell you something. You read the Word of God and you allow God. You let God speak. You let God do His work. 
And God will put that word in. And you have a desire. How many, how many times this week have you said, Lord, I want to become like you. I want to be like you. I want to be more like you. I want to be much like you. I want to think like you. I want to work like you. I want to live like you. I want to be just like you, Lord. I can tell you about how many times you've done that. It shows. Most of us don't want to be like Him because there's some things we'll have to trim up in our life. That's right. That's right. God, have you ever seen God bless a cusser? I see people out in public. I meet them every day of my life. They're so-called Christians. You talk to them. Yeah, they go to church. They'll even talk about God for five minutes and uh, the devil for... You know, 25. And they'll cuss when they're talking about both of them. Have you ever seen God bless a cusser? That ought to help you. You said, I ain't a cusser. Well, I just used that. I didn't say you were. I've been along. I know God won't bless a cusser. Getting quiet in here. I don't believe God can bless a liar. You every time you, I know people that will they they just soon climb a telephone pole and tell you a lie as to stand on the ground safely and tell you the truth. Amen. If they're going to talk to you, they'll put them spikes on their feet and climb up a telephone pole. And just lie like a sailor. Well, I, maybe I ought not to hurt the sailors. <laughs> They'll lie like the, like the devil. And wouldn't stand on the ground and tell you the truth. God won't bless a cusser. God won't bless a liar. God won't bless a drunkard. You said, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm just telling you today, have you ever seen people? You want me to tell you why our society is so wicked and ungodly? We're sold on booze and murder and lying. We're building our societies on all that. You can live that way if you want to, but that's not my way of thinking. That's not my lifestyle. I don't want to be around that bunch. And God says, I'm not going to bless that bunch. And He don't. I could just go on down the list. But I won't. I'll, I'll spare you just a little bit. So we're talking about from the pulpit to the pew, God said, they're causing me to bring indignation he started off in verse 24 with indignation and ends up in verse 31 with indignation a judgment of God God said what I'm going to do is bring my wrath on you somebody said well I'm a I, I'm a well I'll just use me I'm a deals God won't do the deals that way why well, you rascal God don't care what your name is. He don't care where you live on the north side of the tracks 
on the south side of the tracks. He don't care where you got high lineage or low lineage. Amen. He don't care where you was born. Amen. I sit and listen to a fellow this week and I listened to him talk and I, 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 I parked in the wrong place. In other words, I sat at his table. Shouldn't have done it. And he talked about his boys and talked about his family and talked about the money they had and all that stuff. And I, I left and actually they got my, my lunch mixed up and give it to somebody else and I left and I didn't eat. Didn't cause me, but that fella, if I'd have got it, I don't know where I could eat it or not. He made me sick. Amen. Talking about his lineage and all that. I wasn't born on the top of the sycamore tree. I wasn't born on the high side of life. But I was born. And God's took care of me. And I got news for you. I want to let you know right now, I'm your pastor. You ought to respect me for that, at least for that. But I'm no better than you are. But I want you to know you ain't no better than me either. You say, well, when are you saying that? I don't know. God said to. It's the only thing I can tell you. I don't reckon nobody thinks you're any better than I am. I certainly don't think I'm any better than you. Yeah. One thing I've tried to do down through the years is to treat everybody the same in the church. Right. Amen. You ought to see the people courts the preacher. <laughs> you think, I'll do this for you and do that. Hey, you do anything for me and I want to tell you something. You, you, I know, see, I've done been treated good sometimes and I know it wasn't real. A little lady called me up one day and she said, Preacher, she said, do you mind wearing clothes of a dead man? I said, no, I wear them. She said, well, my husband left some good clothes. I went back and looked at some pictures not too long ago and I seen what I was wearing before she gave me them clothes and I, I seen then why she tried to give them to me. I thought all I had was pretty good. But when she gave me them, this is mighty good looking duds. Amen. I put them on, wear them, and I'd put, wear them old shoes. Them, them what to call, uh, call them wing tips. You know what wing tips are? Oh, that's a going thing back yonder. <laughs> I mean, a nice pair of wing. I preached to them, nice pair of wing tips and suits. I mean, matter of fact, for a while it made me think I was, hmm, God bless me. He did. But she got mad at me. In about a year's time, she called up and said, Preacher, I said, yes, sir. She said, uh, I want to tell you, I don't appreciate what you said the other night. Y'all been there, some of you have. I don't care what you said. I, I don't care what you said. And I want them clothes back. And my husband. I said, ma'am, some of them are rags. I done wore them out. She said, I want the rags back. And I said, uh, God bless you, ma'am. See you later. Uh, I said, they're mine. You take them back? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm no, when I give you, I mean, I've had people in the church say, Preacher, 
Uh, I've noticed three weeks ago I got you a new shirt. And I noticed you ain't even wore it. Well, you try to figure out how you don't want, how, how to look over and say, I just don't like pink shirts. <laughs> and you try to say, well, I guess, I don't know why I wore it. You understand what I'm saying? Preacher, after all I've done for you, you do me that way. Had a fellow, we started a new church one time and he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to build you a pulpit. We was living in the parsonage. We bought this house and was going to build a church on the property out there, but we was going to use the house that we was living in to start the church. It's several acres. And we got the church started and doing that. But we preached in the church. And he said, I'm going to build you a pulpit. And he got a nice one. He put wheels on it. Well, we could roll it out of the way. We had one side of the house of the church. We didn't use that. And then when the church started, we rolled a pulpit back out in the middle of the hall there and preached. And he got mad at me. And he called me up one night and he said, Preacher, I ain't coming back. I said, well, why? Something I'd said. He said, uh, I want that pulpit back. I said, I thought you'd give that to the church. He said, I did, but I want it back. He said, I'm going to send my son over to get it. I've been there all these times. Now, you didn't think you can butter up to me, but that don't change. You're liable to give me something today and want it back tomorrow. The only thing I think I'm safe in is people give me food. I'll eat it. <laughs> and they don't usually call for food back. Amen. Are you with me? Now we've got that kind of mess in our churches. Half a dozen can't get along with that and over here and this and over there don't like that and, and this and upset with that one and this and don't like that. This and drives a car they don't like and this and said this and that and said that. Hey, I say a lot of things and people get mad at me and I don't care. Amen. You think you ain't never hurt my feelings at this church? I've been here 30-something years. There's been a lot of you hurt my feelings. I just don't try to let it bother me. It bothers me to some degree. It'll bother me for a little bit. But when I stick my head down in the Word of God and I bury myself at the altar of God and I let the Holy Ghost speak to me, I forget about you in the Word. I don't have time for you no more. Till you say something else out of line. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm preaching this morning? Amen. You know why the world's where it's at and why people's going to hell? It's because we're not got it all together. Right. Now let me just. I still got the. I got the. Uh, let's see here. I, ooh, I, about, I about got the introduction out of the way. Let's get to the end of the message. I'm going to give you four things jot down right quick. Number one, think about this. Over there in the book of Exodus when they had the Passover, what did they do? 
The Bible said that they caught that little lamb, watched it for on the 10th day to the 14th day to make sure it didn't have a blemish or spot. Then they caught that little lamb, sliced its throat, caught the blood. And the Bible said that they sprinkled it across the top of the door. You remember that? And down the side post. Now, it wasn't like our doors now, but I'm talking about that's what they did. Did you notice this morning when I said that, I didn't tell you that they sprinkled the floor? Why didn't they sprinkle the floor? Because God says, you're not going to trample my blood under your feet. Did you know that's where America's at today? She's trampling the blood of Christ under their feet. God said, I'll let it come over you. I'll hold you to the side of it. I'll be on each side of you. But you're not going to step over my blood. Back in a few years ago, I had some sinners in the church. Of course, I don't reckon I've ever pastored one didn't have some sinners in the church. I'm just kind of reminding you who you are. you got an old sinner preacher preaching to you. You're a sinner congregation. You said, no, not me. Oh yeah, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you ain't sinned in six months, I give you a, what is it, kudos. I think, I don't know what that is. Kudos, I give you kudos. And, uh, huh? Bozo. That's what I was trying to remember. I always told my boys I'd give them a bozo button. I'll give you a bozo button. You ain't sinned in six months. I ain't going to go home and look for no buttons because... You've sinned sooner than six months ago. So we look at this and you, you see it and, and we look at the Word of God and we see that we've sinned against God and we're not sinless. We're not at the place we haven't arrived yet. We've all sinned and you've got to have that blood. And God wants us to get in the Word of God. Now listen. Not only has America and the people of God trampled His blood under their feet. Years ago when I was preaching, had them sinners in the house, I got through preaching and took my Bible back there and laid it right in the middle of the threshold. And I said, you folks here, it's lost and undone without God. You're going to have to step over that book to get out of here. Boy, you ought to watch that. Some of them didn't care. They just walked along like a herd of horses. But there's some of them that hang around and hang around hoping I'd hurry up and get that Bible out of the floor. But America has been trampling the blood of Christ. I'll tell you something else. They're trampling under their feet today and it's the truth. Not only trampling the blood of Christ, but they're trampling the truth. And by that, they're trampling the Word of God under their feet. The average Christian today, or the average church, I say churchmen is what I ought to say, not Christian. Because Christians like to try to watch that. But the, the average church member today could care less what the Bible says. You know how I know that? I'll look at one and I'll say, you know Jesus said that We've got to confess our sins and 
repent of our sin, call upon. Well, now you know what they'll say. People got different ideas of what repentance is. Now you know what you're doing. You're trampling the truth under your foot. I believe the Lord's coming. Yeah, He's probably going to come one of these days. But I don't believe it's going to be soon. You know what you're doing? You're trampling the truth under your foot. How do you know? Can anybody in here tell me when the Lord's coming? If you know just between me and you and to save your conscience and to save any words said to you, when you come to the door today, whisper in my ear. <laughs> and only me and you will know that. And then when you find out you're an ignoramus and don't know nothing about it, hey, won't nobody in here know about it but me and you. <laughs> Amen. Because you don't know when he's coming. Right. said, preach the way you preach. You think you know. No, I don't. I tell you every time just about it. I don't know. He could come before I get through here. He could come before I get back tonight. But He's coming soon. I do know that. How, how long is soon? One day is a thousand years of the Lord and a thousand years is one day. Amen. He might wait another day or two. I don't believe He will. Amen. According to what I see happening in the Word of God, He's close. They trample the blood. They trample the truth. They trample holiness under their feet. How many people do you see today in the churches are saying, hey, we're trying our best over there in our church to be more holy than we've ever been. Brother, God is working on us. Our people are getting holy. Why? Why ain't we? We're trampling it on our feet. We want God to bless us while we cuss. We want God to bless us while we lie. We want God to bless us while we cheat. We want, to we want God to bless us. I mean, it goes to the Christian dress. Bro, that's one of the things I believe that people are trampling on their feet. Uh, this week I found two preachers. I went in a place to eat and one of them come in and here come another and uh, somebody had sliced off the bottom part of their pants legs. That don't bother some folks. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. I see all this stuff, and they're worried about a lot of things. And hey, I pray if you don't conform to the Word of God, that God will take the Word of God and chew you up and tear you down and put you on your back if He has to. That's what He does to me. I fear God. That's why I don't do these things. It ain't because I got some little thing. They didn't nobody teach me that stuff. Matter of fact, when I was a little boy, my mama put me in shorts. I wore them when I was a little boy. Didn't pay no attention to it. I woke up one day and found out that I wasn't supposed to run around naked. Amen. Amen. I put me on some breeches. Been wearing them ever since. Amen. I wear underwear and outerwear. 24-7. Every day of my life I wear an 
outer shirt and a t-shirt and a coat. And y'all sitting here burning up and I'm enjoying life. <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? We trample the holiness of God under feet. But I'll tell you something else we trample. And we're trampling the glory of God. You know why God don't have full control in our lives and our churches? It's because He don't have full control of our lives. Amen. Now that was real deep theology. That was a mouthful. I mean, I had to search books and books and books to find that. The reason you can't praise God is because the Lord is being choked out in your life. Oh, I pray your brake liners start wearing out. You ever had an old car come down off a mountain and that thing go to smelling and stinking? I hope. And if you know if you keep on trying to stop with that old car, the old brake liners are crystallized so much you mash on them and stand on them and they won't stop. How many knows what I'm talking about? Amen. These fancy fandangle cars we got in these days, you know, they got that, they know how to stop pretty good. Hard to lock them down. A boy back yonder, them old mechanical brakes, that's hard. We still got them, but I'm talking about they got them more modernized. I pray God... Burn your brake liners out. For all of a sudden you're going, glory, hallelujah, amen. What happened to me? You go to the refrigerator and get you a drink of water and come in. Something happened. Glory, hallelujah, amen. Now you don't have to shout like that, but I'll tell you one thing about it. The things of God ought to start being exciting to you. Amen. Amen. On Monday morning, you say, glory, glory. Can't hardly wait till Wednesday night to get to the house of God. Hallelujah! Amen. 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 I see you had enough. We'll stop there. Do you see where we're at today? I don't believe I preached anything wrong. Do you? I believe I'm right. I believe we need to... Get our lives checked up and checked out before we check out. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all are going to stand it. Now, this are jokes. People tell this, and I'm not a joke telling preacher. But they say, Some are going to stand before Peter at the gate. Well, just I won't bust your bubble. You're not going to stand before Peter and try to confess a few things before you step into glory. That's right. Amen. Amen. It is what it is. You are what you are. Amen. You better get it ready and right today. Because you might get called out before the day's through. Amen. Heads bowed. Here come the instruments.